Hey DCL fans, if you're thinking about taking a Disney cruise vacation, or any other Disney vacation for that matter, consider booking your trip with us. We are an independent travel agent affiliated with Mickey World Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. Our services are completely free and you'll receive an onboard credit up to $1,000 just for booking with us, which can be used for shore excursions, spa treatments, shopping, and much more while you are aboard your Disney cruise. We also have a wealth of cruising experience to help you answer any questions or concerns that you might have. If you're interested, send us an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 32 of DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes, and I'm very excited to have Len Testa as my guest on the show today. Len, as you may know, is the co-author of the Unofficial Guides to Disney books, uh, including the Unofficial Guide to Disney Cruise Line, along with numerous other unofficial guides to other popular destinations. Len also is the founder of touringplans.com. He's the co-host of the Disney Dish podcast. Uh, you got any other ventures that I that I haven't mentioned here? In my spare time, I'm working on uh, helping the U.S. healthcare system with type 2 diabetes. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Those things. Awesome. Uh, the, the 2019 unofficial guide to Disney Cruise Line was released last week, so I'm thrilled to have Len uh, on to talk about the release of the new book. So thanks so mm-hmm. much for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me on, Wes. Yeah, I appreciate it. So uh, before we get into the book, though, I, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about some other things related to Disney Cruise Line, specifically uh, maybe the future of Disney Cruise Line and maybe some rumors and mm. speculation about uh, what might be going on with the new ships, what might become of the existing ships in the fleet. Um, mm-hmm. But first, I was hoping you just might talk a little bit about your own experiences sailing with Disney Cruise Line. If you if you had a choice to choose a Disney Cruise uh, or spending a week at the parks, which would you choose? Uh, depends on the the ship, the itinerary, and the... Uh, <laughs> and the Fair so enough. So I'll, I'll give you some history. Um, I Until 2012, uh, I never wanted to go on any cruise of any kind uh, whatsoever. My uh, Every time Laurel, my partner would bring one up, um, I would say, you know, look, here's what's going to happen. You're going to wake up one morning. Uh, the ship is going to be missing a lifeboat. Just know <laughs> that I, I had, I had to go right now. I was, I was afraid of, of, of being bored. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and the thing that changed that was I got to go on the fantasy, um, on one of its first sailings. So the fantasy was the introduction to the, uh, to, to cruising for me. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Like I was there for a week. Um, didn't run out of, uh, things to do. I enjoyed all the restaurants. I enjoyed all the bars. I enjoyed playing all the games around the ship. Um, I enjoyed the ports of call cause I hadn't been to them before. Yeah. It loved everything about it. In fact, true story. <clears throat> when, when Laurel and I were, uh, remodeling our home, a home that we bought together, we actually built part of the kitchen to look like the skyline bar with oh, the LCD wow. TVs and, and everything. Yeah. So that, that, and we did the bathrooms like the rainforest spa showers oh. on the uh, on the fantasy so uh so go you can google this and 
look it up and see what it uh, see what it looks like. It was fantastic. That's awesome. I uh, I was actually just talking to my with my wife about the the rainforest room on the fantasy and the dream, and just people rave about it. We haven't had a chance to experience that yet. Oh. We have we have young kids that we uh, travel with right now, so we're we're sort of uh, hoping that one day we'll be able to get to experience that. But people just say amazing things about it. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, the 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 thing I love about it is the rainforest spa passes that you get. The rumors that Disney limits those to twenty to zero passes per cruise, not yeah. per day, um, per cruise. Uh, so there are times when oh, you can wow. walk in there uh, when you're literally the only person in the spa. Oh wow! For for roughly you know fifteen to twenty two dollars a day. That's that's a great deal. I don't care how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, you know, seriously. They've got the they've got three saunas. They've got I think four showers. Yeah. Um, the heated stone loungers that uh, at least on the Dream of the Fantasy overlook the ocean. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic, and it's not a lot of money at all. That's yeah. It's amazing. It sounds awesome, man. I, I'm I'm dying to try it. And the and how, so, how old are your kids? Uh, they are uh, four and one. So you got a couple, uh, uh, no, you could put the, you could put both of them into the kids clubs. Yeah, right? they could, they could go to the kids clubs. We're, we're trying to get them broken into the kids clubs right now. We were just, uh, uh, on the, the magic in, uh, out of New York and my son had like no interest in going to the, the, the kids club. So <laughs> I'm like, dude, this so, is not, this is not the plan. <laughs> they, they, they may, may say that, but we took the first time we took Hannah on a cruise, yeah. it, you know, and I know it's a cliche, but we had to force her to eat meals with us <laughs> because she didn't, once she, once she met the kids in the club, that right. was all she wanted to do sure. for the next six days. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, uh, you know, forcing it on them and then they'll, they'll adapt to it. Introducing them to Introducing, it. Introducing, yes, that's a better way. That's a definitely better way. That's awesome. Um, so I wanted to talk about uh, the post-cruise survey that I took recently focused a lot on personal use of technology. And I right. I, yeah. I heard you uh, mention it on a, a different podcast recently. And I thought, you know, some of the things that you had to say were really interesting. Um, and I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on, on that and where you saw kind of uh, Disney maybe heading in that direction. And also if you know of other cruise lines who are always already using this kind of technology. Um, I can imagine every cruise line is asking about these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, if you look at what a celebrity is doing, for example, with facial recognition uh-huh. on, on the new edge, um, they, they're clearly thinking the same way too, but, but let's go over the, the questions. So the Disney survey questions, I think I got the exact same survey that you got. Um, and there were questions like, uh, what kind of electronic devices does your household owner use? And it's things like, you know, do you a Fitbit, an e-reader, um, virtual reality headsets, smartwatches, laptops, yeah, yeah, exactly. Three you know, D printers, right, and go to smart glasses and, right, and so yep. on. And then it goes further and asks, um, uh, you know, do you use like a smart thermom- uh, thermostat? Do you use smart outlets? Do you use Wi Fi enabled home cameras and, and and things like that? And questions get more and more specific about who's using them, how you're using them, how often you're using them, whether they're integrated in with your smartphone. And then, you know, what specific brands so are using an Apple, a Google, yeah. uh, Amazon, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a couple of obvious use cases for, for those things. One of them is to be able to get information to you. So, for example, instead of using your phone, 
Disney could transmit the informa- uh, information about show schedules or appointments to your watch, mm-hmm. right? To be an Apple Watch, it's an alarm. Yeah, uh, those those things are sort of all you know straightforward, right? Right. Um, shopping is another one, right? If you um, you see something or you're looking for something on the ship, but you don't know where it's at, if you can use the uh, the Disney Navigator app or some other app or some other mechanism to find it, mm-hmm. you know where where's the uh, duty free alcohol. Um, you're more likely to buy it. Sure. The third uh, interesting use case, though, and I think this is the one that uh, I'm most excited about, it's to be able to use it instead of a t- stateroom attendant. So, for example, you can say things like, Alexa, bring me more towels. Mm. and uh, Or, you know, Mickey, bring me more towels. Yeah. Or ship, or whatever. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, Bring me more towels. And, and it would do that. Yeah. Or, you know, Alexa, make reservations for me at Palo at 8.30 on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Don't have to use your – don't have to use your – as Alexa now actually says, I, I'm not sure what you're saying in the background <laughs> of what I'm doing. Um, yeah, but, you know, or, you know, make reservations. It's it's a more natural interface uh-huh. than, um, uh, than possibly using your TV or the Navigator app or interacting with another cast member, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I thought that was super interesting. Uh, you know, it's it was sort of uh, unexpected. It, it was unlike any sort of post cruise survey that I had taken before. And you know, you could really start to think about, well, what are they, where are they heading with these questions? And um, it's just kind of fun to think about, you know, what what those uses might be. Oh, sure. The other thing I think that um, it, did you get the question about um, uh, your willingness to use facial recognition to unlock things? I don't think I. I don't recall ah, anything about so facial recognition. Yeah, so this is new. So um, the there are a series of questions about whether you were be willing to use facial recognition to unlock digital devices. Oh wow! Um, so obviously your, your your phone right yep. is an example of that. But why not your door? Oh yeah. Or or to make purchases. Like why even have a room card at all? Right. Yeah. The, 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 oh yeah. man, that's uh that's really interesting to think about. It'll be a uh, huh. I, I yeah. yeah, I never thought of that as an application for uh, facial recognition, but I mean, you're right. That would be that would make things really convenient for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it, I think it's an it's an obvious thing, and I think that's where the sort of the the cruise line is headed. The, basically, they'll know you, right? Yeah, you yeah, right. You won't have to use a card. Everyone will sure. be know my name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. So we've you know we don't we don't we have pretty limited information on uh, you know about the new ships. One of the things that we're able to see or maybe some speculation about is, you know the just what it looks like you know physically from the outside. And also, I think we've heard that the you know the the ship's going to be a little bit bigger, but the staterooms are going to be about the same amount. It's going to have roughly the same kind of amount of passenger and cruise crew size. So right. um, just any thoughts on how the new ships might be configured, kind of what they uh, might do differently in terms of, you know, how they how they build the, the, the ship itself? Uh, so let's start with uh, we'll go from more likely to less likely. Sure, All yeah. right. So more likely is uh, they're roughly the same size as the Dream. I've heard they're like a foot longer or whatever oh, just okay. to be able to say that they're longer. Sure. Basically, they're Dream and Fantasy Clash ships. Yeah, yeah. They look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. That's That's the – if I had to bet money – that's what I would bet on right oh, okay. now. Okay, really interesting. Right. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, um, if I if I had to say that there were enhancements, the most likely thing that I would say would be uh, smaller main dining rooms and maybe one more specialty restaurant. So going okay. from 
three standard uh, uh, main dining rooms uh, to and two restaurants, two uh, upcharge restaurants to three and three. Mm, okay, that would make the most sense because if you look at what Disney's uh, competing against in terms of other uh, ships on like Royal um, or Celebrity yep. or Norwegian, they're competing against places uh, ships that have anywhere from you know seven to twenty. Wow. Restaurants, yeah, right. Having having four or five uh, isn't going to cut it twenty years from now. Sure, yeah. Um, the other thing that I would I would say this probably likely is uh, more reconfigurable entertainment spots. So, like right now on the ships, you've got the D lounge, and um, you know, which is uh, sort of your your place for family entertainment, yeah, yep. stage shows, and whatnot. Right. Um, but you know, twenty years from now. We could have, uh, or ten years from now, we could have uh, more virtual reality or augmented reality games. Uh, we could do a lot of very interesting things with uh, projection mapping, like they're starting to do in the parks. Yeah. And so, what I think you'll see is more spaces that you can switch over to things uh, uh, easier. So, more black box type rooms where you can, you know, move in a microphone and some lights and whatnot. Yeah, okay. uh, but you know. But reconfigure it pretty easily during a quick dry drop or something like sure, that. Sure, yeah, right. I would, um, I would love to see um, more suites. Mm. I'd be, I'd be very surprised if Disney didn't take some of its existing configuration, stateroom configuration, and turn them into suites. And the reason is, is that um, suites get uh, a lot more money for roughly the same amount of space. Yeah, right. Right, or like double the money for you know ten percent more space. Right. Yep. And I think the for the rates that uh, Disney's charging, um, or sorry, for the uh, capacity that Disney has, they can charge fairly high rates and still fill all of those. Uh-huh. Um, all of, so I, I would see suites. I don't, I don't think that they're going to do things like two-story floor-to-ceiling glass oh, I was, I was actually going to ask you that. I was wondering, yeah. I, you know, I, I, and I've been on those. I've been on one on the Anthem. I've yep. been on one for the Anthem, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I... I don't know what Disney charge would charge for that room. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I I have no idea. Yeah. Like, it was like fourteen hundred a night when I was on the Anthem. Yeah, and yeah, and I would probably just add a zero to that. Yeah. <laughs> it was Disney. Like literally, I don't even don't even know what it'd be. It'd probably be three times the cost. Yeah, four times the cost. you're right. Yeah, for sure. And then it, so then if you start getting like more and more crazy things, um, the one thing I I I, I did here was was a was at least being talked about was this idea that you could have a built-in um, tender mm. bay mm-hmm. in the ship. And the, the idea is this. Um, right now, the, as the ships get bigger and bigger, uh, there are fewer and fewer ports that right. they can go to because yeah, because old ports aren't built for big ships. Yeah, right. And then, too, if you think about things like um, uh, the number of ports that, that they're going to, there are instances where you know Disney is a very big ship in a port of other big ships, and that's not very, um, it's not very unique. Mm-hmm. The idea that uh, that I heard uh, bandied about was this: um, somewhere in the bottom of the ship, like roughly at uh, ocean wave level, mm-hmm. they would have a uh, basically a garage filled with water. Yeah, and in that in the garage filled with water, they would have um, uh, jet skis, boats. Oh, wow. Snorkeling equipment, and and what they would do then would be uh, instead of like docking at an island, dock near an island or, yeah. or anchor near an island, and um, bring out you know lifeguards and, and and whatnot. But basically allow you to have your day at sea playing with these things. So they could go into a 
you know, a small cove yeah. or a bay or something like that where they're protected from the very big waves and let you run around and do whatever you want, but still on the ship. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. And you can, so you can rent boats, you can rent jet skis. Uh, obviously, there are safety issues involved with all of that. You've got to monitor it all. Uh, I, I don't know how they would actually execute sure, it in yeah, the middle right. of the ocean, but maybe in a bay. But anyway, that's sort of like the far out thing. Oh, that wow. I, that they were, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, anyway. Sure, that that sounds cool. I, that's something, that's another thing that <laughs> never even sort of crossed my mind. I would think, would that, do you think that would uh, be at the expense of space that, you know, might otherwise otherwise be used for staterooms? So it'd have to be on uh, decks one or two. So it'd have to be fairly, fairly low. Right. Um, if, if they do make the ships a bit longer, uh, you know, maybe they can find space for sure, some yeah, things. Yeah. Uh, maybe it just means that the crew members get, you know, six inches less per square foot. Uh, Per cabin than they than they normally have. I don't I don't know how it would work, but um, it's an interesting idea. And uh, we heard about it from somebody at Meyerwerft. Oh wow! Uh, they didn't say necessarily it was for the Disney ships. Sure, yeah. But it was something something that they were sort of kicking kicking around. Oh wow! Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on the the upper decks. So I saw recently, I think it was on Norwegian. They they put a go kart track uh, <laughs> on on the the top deck of the ship, and and you're seeing all these crazy you know water slides and you know zip lines and and all these things on these other cruise lines. Do you think Disney can stand to you know just continue with the hey we have the aqueduct and uh, you know we're putting three pools, one for adults and two for kids and you know, that's what we're going to have in terms of sort of these um, adventurous activities on board. Or do you think that they would be open to doing something a little bit more um, outside the box? I hope they are uh, open to doing uh, more things, because if you look at the activities that um, that other cruise line ha- have, other cruise lines have, it's a lot more uh, than what Disney has. Right. And, and I know... Yeah, and I know you know Disney's much more geared to kids, and a yeah, lot yeah. of people take advantage of like the basketball courts or you know t- soccer courts turning into soccer, you know, playing or whatnot. But um, I, other other cruise lines have I think was is it uh, is it Cunard that has an actual grass lawn where yep. you can play bocce? <laughs> oh, that's yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that as well. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, you know, or go karts, yeah. or uh, you know, Royal does zip lining, and they've got the rock wall, and right. they've got the oh uh, the the surfing, having surfing, right? And I don't necessarily want to have exactly the same thing no, as another yep. cruise line, yep. but but there there are other entertainment options that they could do besides miniature golf, um, yep. you know, a foosball and <laughs> a bunch of pools. Yep, I agree. I, the that... qu- the question is is whether they have the room to do that mm-hmm. on a ship the size of the Dream. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I you know I've I've always sort of wondered if if that was if they if Disney looked at other cruise lines and said I wonder how we could you know step up our game a little bit. But at the same time, I could all I could also see them saying you know we we could upgrade the aqueduct a little bit and stay status quo. So I hope that's not the case, but we'll see. I guess I'm I'm interested to see what they have for uh, top deck entertainment. But the big thing I think that they have to address and they absolutely have to address this is the satellite internet packages. Uh, oh, that they, 100% agree. That they, you, it's, it's almost useless at mm-hmm. this point. And yep. there's, from what I understand, Disney signed a long-term deal with a satellite provider, you know, years ago to get great rates. Um, but there are newer satellites, uh, and services that are available now that every one of their competitors has. You know, I mean, uh, Royal, I think for $25 a day with their, uh, zoom package, 
or Vroom, I forget what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's basically broadband internet speeds. It's oh, wow. very high speeds, extremely reliable. I was, uh, we were uh, in the middle of the Atlantic in a storm one night and hanging out in the uh, in the stateroom, and I was watching YouTube videos without any lag whatsoever. Wow. And if you know if they can do that, yeah. you know why why am I stuck with you know paying eighty dollars <laughs> for a gigabyte of of right. uh, uh, of, of of internet downloads that's, yeah. that's crazy yeah, that is crazy yeah yep. it, it, it it's it's almost it's almost enough of a uh, uh a deal breaker for me where i wouldn't like depending on the ship i would probably say no to certain disney ships and itineraries because either i've i don't like the ship that much or the itinerary yeah. i've done a hundred times and the internet package oh, wow. itself it's is like like I, I can see you know doing two of those things are fine but when you add in that third inconvenience it's just not worth it. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's terrible. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's super expensive and it's, it's slow and, and yeah, the, the, the max package is a gig. So yeah. And um, it's, and it's $80 for a gig. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, maybe you already answered this, but if, you know, if you were designing one of the new ships, what's, what's something that they, that they don't currently have, the ships don't currently have that you might want them to add to the new ships i would i would actually go down to two standard dining rooms oh wow um and then make uh and turn the space of those into three uh upcharged dining rooms and Uh i know uh, that's that's you know controversial but (laughs) for me the variety is worth a little bit uh a little bit more money Mm. Uh, so i would do that the other thing i would do is um, take some of the bars, the larger bars, like six, eight, seven, yeah. or um, and and split those in half. Okay. As well, and do another another thing. So really, what, what I'm looking for here is more variety. Sure. Yeah. Especially on like a on a seven to to ten night, you know, cruise, um, or you know, a, a, a transatlantic or a repositioning cruise, I, you'll run out of things to do on even the best of the Disney ships. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, you know, with the new ships coming on, I, I, I think you mentioned that you sailed the, the magic recently. I was just on the magic as well. And it's, it's hard to not think about the differences between the, you know, the classic ships and the dream class ships in just in terms of, you know, things to do and, and upgrades and things like that. So what, what do you think about the classic ships when these new ships come out? I mean, are, is Disney, do you think going to be able to, you know, keep making upgrades to these or, you know, are they going to kind of fade away or, and are people going to want to continue sailing these, uh, these ships? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question because the normal service life for the first owner of a ship is around 25 years in the industry. And that would put the magic at around, uh, at its 25 year service um, limit around 2023, which right. is not coincidentally the year in which the last of the three new <laughs> right. ships yeah. is being delivered. Right. Yeah. Um, Disney has a, a couple of interesting choices to make here. One, they can continue to sail the ship as it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know for how long they would do that yeah. because uh, a 25 year old ship. Uh, is not going to be competitive for much longer mm-hmm. in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, they could uh, retrofit it, mm-hmm. right? So yep. bring it into an expensive dry dock and do the best they can. You know, maybe um, uh, shrink the number of cabins, 
shrink the split the restaurants you know do do whatever they can to mm-hmm. make it more um more modern yeah that might be as expensive you know be, between the time they have to take it out of out of service yeah. and retrofit it it might be as expensive as building another ship yeah right yeah and so the the third option that they have is they could simply sell it uh-huh. um to another uh another uh line and use the money for uh for a replacement ship uh-huh i i i would be I don't think they're going to refurbish it. I don't think that makes any sense. Remodeling a ship yeah, I agree. to that scale doesn't make sense. Um, they could try to milk it for all it's worth, mm-hmm. you know, run it, run it till it's 30 years old mm-hmm. and see what happens. So maybe till, you know, 2028, 20, um, or they could send it to, uh, China. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could, uh, they could dedicate it to, uh, you know, maybe a European itinerary where, um, they, they just make it a very, very nice older ship, like you know the Queen Mary, right? Um, and, it, and it stays like that. Um, they have a couple of options. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think after twenty twenty three, the Magic is going to be in regular service on the east coast of the United States. I'd be very surprised. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the Magic and the Wonder uh, once these, you know, once the third and final ship is built. And I would think that my, you know. Like you said, my guess is probably that they'll send it, you know, somewhere where Disney Cruise Line currently isn't operating. And they, you know, my guess is they'll probably have to lower the price uh, pretty significantly to, to sail on one of those two ships. But, uh, but yeah, well, it'll be interesting they, to see. But if they do like a, a set of farewell cruises, they could charge top dollar for that. Because oh, remember, sure, the, yeah. the, the Magic was the first Disney ship for a lot right. of people and a lot of people have really really good memories oh yeah uh you know on the magic so sure. you know to, to be able to say you know this is the last sailing out of port canaveral or yep. this is the last um, mediterranean cruise or, this is the last transatlantic yeah uh, you know they could they could do that all year uh you're right and then they could do the same thing with the wonder you know whatever yeah. one or two years later yeah exactly yep. so what the, what cruise were you just on West. I was on the uh, seven night Bahamian down to uh, it went to Castaway Key and then over to uh, a stop at Port Canaveral. So we went over to Walt Disney World for a day, and then where did uh, it go? Two out days of? back, out of New York City. Oh, nice! Yeah, it was a it was a it was a really fun itinerary. We we had a a really good time on it. I was uh, the 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 sea days were a little bit tough because our first and our last sea days were a little bit cold. So, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of limited what we could do. You know, we weren't, we couldn't just sit by the pool or whatever, which the kids typically like to do. But um, right. we had a, a perfect day at Castaway Key. And then same thing at Disney World. The the weather was just spectacular, both of them. So it was nice. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Have you ever sailed out of New York? Yeah. In fact, I, the, uh, I did in uh, late September. We did uh, oh, okay. the inaugural to Quebec. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm, oh, it was fantastic. Was I would it? totally do that. Oh my, I would, my, one of my favorite itineraries. Really? Um, on the Magic, we were uh, we had a one-bedroom concierge. It's very uh-huh. nice. Um, That's awesome. So we stopped off at, uh, n- we're in Nova Scotia. Halifax, Nova Scotia? Oh, yeah, Hal- yep, Halifax, yep. Um, then um, Saguenay? Uh, yep, yep. Um. I'm blanking on the other one now. Oh man, this is embarrassing. <laughs> uh, I wish I wish I could it? help you out. I can't remember the the ports myself. Uh, it was oh uh, uh, Baykamo. Oh okay, Baykamo, yep. and then um, and then we overnighted in Quebec. Yep. And so so Halifax was 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 great. Halifax reminds me of Boston. Yeah. With Canadians, uh, you know, big town, relatively big town. Yeah, right, right. Um, 
you know, right on this, right in the ocean, lots of things to yeah. do. We, we went to, um, Saguenay next. And that's a, it was a town of about, I think 40,000 people. Okay. Um, so not, not huge, yeah, right. um, but fantastic greeting when we got there, uh, a, a decent sized town with a decent sized sort of downtown. Uh, one of my favorite things to do anytime I get into a, to a country, anytime I get to a new town is to go shopping, like to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. To see oh, what at the grocery eat. store. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, Wes, did, did you know this, that um, Canadians actually buy milk in bags, not in cartons? Bags. I did, bags. I did not know that. <laughs> so this is what we discovered. Yeah. Um, so imagine like giant Capri Sun pouches no filled with milk. Yeah, apparently what? back in the 70s, they started it as an, uh, a, a, an ecology thing. It's an ecological yeah. um, savings thing. Um, so the idea is you buy the bags, you go home. You've already built. Uh, you've already bought a Tupperware yeah. container that looks like a milk con- a carton. You put yeah. the bag in the in the carton. You use the uh, use it all up, and then you recycle the bags. Yeah, uh, wow. super super interesting. Very interesting. The, uh, it was. So that's what I learned. You know, my first uh, my first non big city Canadian yeah. uh, trip. The, then we went to Baykamo, which is I believe less than ten thousand people. Oh wow! And it the, it was so small that the the town had to use the school buses that the town had to ferry the boat, the people from the boat wow. to the, the one block downtown that they had. No way. And, and because the kids then couldn't use the, the school buses, the kids got off from school. But again, it's a, it's a town of 10,000 people. Yeah. It's not like they've got extra daycare options, right? So right. apparently everyone got off. <laughs> everyone, the docking of the, of the, the magic yeah. was, a, was a town holiday. <laughs> Everybody was out to, to meet us. You saw people playing in parks. Everyone wow. was running around. Yeah, it was fantastic. Super, super, super fun. Yeah. Um, I loved it. We, so we walked around the, the town. We learned about its history. Apparently, it was founded in 1936, so relatively recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was great. Everyone we met was fantastic. Everywhere we ate was great. The weather was perfect. It was nice and crisp. It was a good yeah. introduction into fall. I loved it. And then we, um, we had a couple of sea days. Before and after that, and then we ended up in Quebec and overnighting, and I, I loved Quebec. That's awesome, Quebec fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I. Uh, it's funny. I've 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 looked at those itineraries just you know on the website before, and I've always thought you know how popular are those, and you know do 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 people like sailing those? Um, but yeah, that's interesting to say that to hear you say that it was one of your favorite itineraries. That's I would awesome. uh, I would totally do it again, and the and the the thing that I tell people is that I would do it exactly in that order. Where you, uh, because Halifax was great. Don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with Halifax. Yeah. It was a big, it was a relatively modern, big city sure. on the coast. I, I, I live in one of those half Yeah, year. right, right. Um, so yeah, that's fine. Uh, but to see small Canadian towns, um, is, was, was really a treat. And then getting to Quebec, which has, you know, 500 years of history, yep. uh, and is also French speaking, predominantly French speaking was was just great yeah i mean it was, it was fantastic loved every minute of it we uh, we actually spent the nights so we docked at the foot of a let's call it a mountain because it was more than sure. a hill yeah um and at the top of it was the uh chateau frontenac which is one of the hotels that inspired the architecture of the epcot pavilion oh, in wow. Walt Disney world yeah uh in uh in canada so yeah so that was fantastic that's awesome but stayed there for the night service was excellent i recommend it 
uh, as well. It was like there's nothing wrong with the entire trip. Sure. Service was excellent on the ship. It was great. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Montreal is a uh, a rival city for us here in Boston. You know, we're, we're uh, oh yeah, big hockey, hockey. fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's I, I've only been to Montreal once, and it was when I was in eighth grade, so a long, long time ago. But um, oh, you gotta go. It's nice. Yeah, I I would totally. Yeah, I've heard great things about it, so I would definitely. Uh, like to get up there so maybe I'll, maybe we'll look into one of those canadian coast cruises after all oh yeah it so. would if they if they i think they're uh if they're doing one i think in 2019 yeah um but if they do it again in 2020 i would i would definitely jump on that and again i would go new york to to quebec not the not the reverse of it, right yeah. yeah gotcha cool awesome all right if you uh i i kind of want to talk about you know i want to get into the book and i want to get into your website so when did you start touring plans and, and what was your inter- inspiration behind that? So we started touring plans in 2001. Um, and, uh, and the idea was this. So I did my, uh, my master's thesis on scheduling algorithms, which is super boring. Um, <laughs> but I, I saw on your, to... I saw on your website that you, you know, it was sort of based on your graduate thesis. So I, I, yep. I, could, I couldn't wait to, to hear uh, hear hear what that meant. Yeah, so um, so I did my thesis on this, but I applied it to minimizing your weight in line at theme parks. Oh wow! Basically, uh, you ask a computer what you should do next in Walt Disney World, and it tells you what to do next, so that your uh, you wait in line as little as possible throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so that was my uh, that was my thesis. So I when I was doing this uh, this thesis, I uh, wrote Bob Selinger, who writes the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World, mm-hmm. and I asked him if he had the kind of data that we needed to to use for my the program that I was writing. And it turns out he didn't, but um, but he was super helpful in a hundred other areas, right? Uh, and because he'd been doing it for at that point for like fifteen years, he kind of knew what people were looking for in touring plans. So I, um, I kept up with him, not only during my graduate school thesis writing, but uh, afterwards, um, because I was spending so much time in Walt Disney World, I would send him in corrections for the book. So, you know, the yeah. name of this thing changed from this to that. Uh, <laughs> you know, the menus here have changed to this other yeah. thing. So, and, and, you know, it's like the classic story. I was, sure. I, and I started writing individual sentences. Sentence <laughs> became, sentences became paragraphs, paragraphs yeah. became pages, pages became chapters. Yeah, and so on. So I think I became co-author in two thousand three. Oh, awesome! Yeah. So we uh, and the the funny thing is, is we we were at that time we, our publisher was Wiley, mm-hmm. um, and we we had so we had the website. It was very very small at the time, but we knew we there was a there was an opportunity to use the website for things that didn't work well on printed pages, right? Yeah. Because we at that time we were printing the book once a year, right? But obviously Disney changes much more uh, quickly than sure. that, so. You know, what could we what could we use the website for? And Wiley Wiley said no to the entire thing. Like you shouldn't have a website because people will go to the website instead of buying the books uh-huh. uh, and then they won't buy the books. And like they 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 never saw it as a complimentary strategy. Like you could support the book with the website. Right, right. Um uh and it turns out Wiley is now out of business, right? They they completely got out of the travel business in 2012. Oh wow. Okay. Um and but we ended up doing the website anyway, just basically saying you know, you don't really have a backup plan here, guys. What are you going to do? Sue us. Um, and right. so the, the website uh, got bigger and bigger. And the interesting thing is now the, the, the book sells about what it did, um, 10 years ago, wow. but we reach a whole other audience sure. about the size of the, the book's audience on the web. So there's a little bit of crossover, but not as much as you would think. 
So what is the what's the information gathering process for writing one of these books? Uh, it's going on cruises, a lot of cruises. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and that's the good the good thing is yeah. I mean it, it, it there's nothing wrong with going on cruises, um, but uh, between Laurel, me, and Aaron, uh, we've been on you know dozens of Disney cruises. Yeah. And the good thing is is that we the the good and bad thing is is we 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 never go on the same cruise together. Right. right. So like Aaron, Aaron, Laurel and I have never been on the same cruise together, <laughs> uh, which is, which is ironic, but you know, but Aaron covers, like she was the first to cover Alaska. She was the first to cover the Mediterranean. Okay. She's been to the, we sent her on the Norway cruise. Yep. Um, and we did the Canada ones. And at one point I think I had done, again, I'm not complaining. This is going to sound horrible, but <laughs> I had done like 12 consecutive Caribbean cruises on Disney just to try oh, to make sure that I covered you know, just to, to make sure I covered the ports, right, 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 and and got a representative sample of the the shirt descriptions. And again, I'm I'm not saying it was a hardship, right? Was, <laughs> right. I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. At the, at, but a twelve straight Caribbean cruises is enough for anyone. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So then we went. Uh, my next cruise after that was Alaska, which was just it was wonderful. Yes. It's probably wonderful anyway, but just to not have to see the Caribbean again was <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, so obviously Disney announced, uh, earlier this year that they'll be sailing out of new Orleans next year. Mm. So, you know, a new, a new ship for Disney cruise line. And so just as an example, how, how, how do you go about updating the books? So probably for next year, um, for, you know, a new port like new Orleans, is it just literally sending your team to new Orleans and, you know, experiencing yeah. the port and things like that? It, um, that's, that's a lot of it. it. So we'll, we'll probably try and figure out the, the common things like, um, what, what's the nearest airport? Where are hotels near the port that I can stay at? What's it like getting to the port? Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like getting away from the port? Um, and, and then so on, you know, what, if I fly in the night before, what are some things that fun things that I can do in New Orleans and so on. So we've, we've done that, you know, for, for every port. So we've got advice, for example, if you're in Vancouver, We've got, you know, here's uh, five good hotels to stay at at various price points. Here's some fun things to do, you know, at the Gaslight District um, and so on. You know, we do that not only for uh, the major cities, but also for the minor ones. So in Galveston, when Disney goes out of Galveston, mm-hmm. uh, the Hotel Galvez is the is the best hotel to stay at yeah. and so on. So we'll, we'll do things like that. And then um, um, afterwards, we'll get feedback from from readers who will say, you know, I, I tried this hotel. It was good. I tried this hotel. It was horrible. Yep. And so, and we'll incorporate that into the next edition. Gotcha. So, is it a is it a an overwhelming process to you know update these books every year, or is it you know does it come pretty naturally? Uh, Aaron's Aaron's doing most of the updates okay. uh, for the last couple of years. So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Aaron puts in a lot of work to uh, to keep it accurate. You know, the, the, I think the big things um, uh, on the updates are generally you know prices, menu details. Um, and then itineraries where we, you know, we list, we try and list every ship itinerary and the date on which it's sailing yep. so that you can have an idea. And, uh, you know, obviously Disney can change itineraries around, uh, in, in any number of ways, right. They can switch the order of, you know, visiting Castaway Key, for example, right, right, in, right. in Key West, or, you know, they can, they can add new ports and completely change the itineraries and, and keeping up with all of that is not only, not only Aaron who does a great job on it, but our, our developer, on the DCL side, David Davies um, does a great job of maintaining all of this in a database that makes it way easier for 
for all of us sure, to access. Sure. You brought up one thing I actually did want to ask you about, and that was pricing. So if you you look mm. in the if you look in the books, it's funny because there's a you know there's graphs in there, and the the trend is upward, you know, up and to the right. And I I I wanted to ask your opinion on you know once the the new ships come into the fleet, maybe you know after the third one is finally um, you know sailing, what impact do you think that might have on pricing? Do you think do you think they're going to get ever get to a point where they're going to start pricing people out and, you know, people are going to uh, decide that they can't do Disney cruises? And do you think maybe it'll plateau or even come down a little bit? I think that's uh, one of the things that they have to worry about as they add capacity, that mm-hmm. um, that there aren't enough people willing to pay, you know, 50 percent more than sure. the Royal Caribbean for essentially the same ports and the same itineraries. Right. That's always yeah. a concern. Right. Right. Um, I think they probably won't have to worry about it in 2021 because there are so many people who like Disney cruising sure. that everyone will want to be on that new ship just to say that they're on a new ship. Yep. Um, maybe the same thing in 2022 too, depending on the, uh, the itineraries that they do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there are, if you look at like the average cost of a cruise on the dream, like for a four night itinerary in, in 2019, the rates are somewhere between 33 and 50% higher than they were just a couple years ago. Right. Dude, it's the same ship going to the same places <laughs> right. for the same amount of time. Yep, yep. You know, that's uh, – and, and they're, they're really just testing to see how much money they can make. They're really just trying to maximize revenue. Yeah, yeah. I'm always amazed to see, you know, every year when the prices go up. It's You know, when you look at Alaska, for example, we went, on, <sighs> we went to Alaska, I think it was in 2013, and I think – I think it would, we would literally pay double for the same cruise now that what we paid in uh, in 2013, and 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 I think I saw in the book that Disney's Alaska and Mediterranean sailings are exponentially higher than you know on other cruise lines, and I just I, I can't imagine that 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 is sustainable. So the um, the cheapest uh seven night Alaska cruise in July of uh, this year, July of 2018, the cheapest cabins. For a family of four, started at just under fifteen thousand dollars. That that is an astounding amount of money for a seven night trip anywhere. Um, so the to put that in comparison, Royal Caribbean uh, does the same thing. In fact, Royal's actually putting uh, an Oasis class ship. Oh wow! In, uh, in Alaska next really? year, a seven night Alaskan on on Royal outside, uh, you know, balcony mm-hmm. uh, would have cost fifty eight hundred dollars for a family Jeez. of four. So less than half. That's amazing. I mean, again, equal or nicer ships. Yeah. Almost identical itineraries. Yeah. The same place, the same length of time. Right. What, you know, I, I, I get that. And Disney has, there are definitely parts of Disney Cruise Line that are obviously better than, than Royal. I think the kids clubs are fantastic. I think the overall theming of the ships is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the bars better at uh, on Disney ships than mm-hmm. I do on Royal, but I also like five thousand dollars more than I like <laughs> any of those things in your too, pocket, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just I you got to think they're going to start pricing people out. I, I can't see how uh, how they're not going to, but I'm uh, I'm sure they're looking at that. I I would like to think anyway. Um, I I mean they're very good at analytics. They understand their pricing models and their customers sure. very 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 well. Yep. I would agree. So the the new book is out, the 2019 unofficial guide to Disney Cruise Line. Anything new in there worth highlighting that wasn't in there maybe last year? 
So we've done the uh, the ports, obviously the new ports. Uh, they're having uh-huh. the new itineraries, um, uh, and obviously the uh, the pricing. Is yep. there? I think we've also reviewed the new shows. Um, the new uh, Beauty and the Beast show hadn't debuted it when we uh, when we wrote it. Oh, but yep. if, if you haven't seen the new uh, Frozen show, that's fantastic. Yep. Um, uh, obviously, all the menus are updated. We've uh, we've reviewed the new um, Rapunzel. Uh, restaurant on uh, on the magic, mm-hmm. which I like quite a bit. Yep. Uh, you know, so things like that. So we've updated everything so that it's current now. Awesome. Did you? Uh, by the way, what did you uh, did you go on uh, to Rapunzel's when you were? On we did. Magic? Yes, it was. Uh, it was <laughs> one thing. That, it was one thing I was really looking forward to uh, to doing on this ship. I loved it. I, I well, I should say I had really high expectations for it. So you know, just based on uh, you know things that I had read and things that I had heard, and you know, for the most part, it. You know, it met those expectations. I I really liked the theming. I thought it was great how um, you know the pub thugs are are very interactive yeah. and they're they have this sort of dry humor and they like to <sighs> you know to <laughs> come around and you know pick on pick on the guests and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then of course you know I looked forward to all the 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 tangled songs. Uh, so they had all that, and yeah, so we we really liked it. We we uh, we enjoyed it a lot. I I was uh, it's a it's a definitely a nice nice addition. Uh, to did the, the uh, did did the thuggos sit with you while you were uh, while you were eating? They so they did not sit with us. My daughter was <laughs> uh, she just wasn't having it with with anybody that oh, came okay. to visit right. the so table. That, so okay. I think that's probably why. But we could see them sitting at the tables next to us. And, so they're uh, they're they're all comedians. It's hysterical. Yeah. They, um, oh, they're they're hilarious. So one of them sat with us, and the question that he asked. So Laurel and I were sitting apart from each other, uh-huh. across from each other, and then the thugger was sitting next to to Laurel. So I was facing both of them, and the one of the thuggers sat down and said, "You know, well, what's your dream?" And I couldn't think of anything to say uh, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So I said what was true, and that's you know my dream is sitting directly across from me, and it's Laurel. And the, the so the thuggo holds up the menu, and like in a face in a fake whisper, he said. If she's holding you hostage, blink your eyes twice. <laughs> <laughs> Loud enough for everyone to hear. It was great. It was very, very funny. Yeah, they were they were funny. I had a guy uh, lean over and uh, say something in my ear, and I told him that his breath smelled really bad. Uh, and then he proceeded to, you know, give me a... <sighs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, right into what? my face for yeah. the next few minutes. So uh, <laughs> I was uh, regretting those words. But yeah, overall, I really liked uh, Rapunzel's Royal Table. It was great. Um, yeah, I, liked, so. I thought I thought it was uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And the uh, did they do the uh, the takeover of the uh, the sports lounge? Um, uh, oh, oh Gills. Gills. Yeah, yeah, yeah they Gills. did. Uh, they did snu- the the Snuggly Duckling takeover, which yep. I I love that. I love that they do that. I think it's uh, I think it's a really nice really nice touch. Uh, on yeah. the tangle night, so different entertainment for yeah. that day. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was a, it was a hoot. I, I like stuff like that. Oh, and me that's too. Not expensive. They can do it. You know, they can do it over and over again. Yeah, it keeps everything fresh. I, I I like those ideas for sure. No, I, I I'm with you. I, I thought that was awesome. Um, so uh, Len, that's really it for uh, questions that I had. I want to I I I do this uh this thing fast five questions, and I just ask oh, cool. my guests, you know, what their favorite things are about Disney Cruise Line. So I'm gonna uh, ask you five things, and you just okay. you know we'll, we'll go quick through them. And but I like to, you know, just hear from uh, different listeners and stuff what they like to what they like about Disney Cruise Line. So what is your favorite Disney Cruise Line port of call? Uh, Castaway Key, without a doubt. That's the one that I get every time. 
And I, and yeah, I would agree I, with you, by the way. That's my favorite as well. <laughs> I, 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 Quebec would be my number two, or anything in Canada would be my number two. Sure. Right. Well, so next one is, uh, and I think you've already answered this, what's your favorite Disney Cruise Line itinerary that you've ever sailed? Uh, so it would be Canada, Alaska, and Eastern Caribbean in that order. Nice. Awesome. Have you ever done a Southern? Not yet, but I've been to most of the islands independently. Sure. Those those uh, those itineraries are really awesome. I would highly recommend those as well. Very very port intensive, but um, a lot of fun. Some some great islands that you visit. Mm-hmm. What which is your favorite uh, Broadway style stage show? I uh, so I've never actually seen the movie, but I really enjoyed Frozen. I thought the special effects and the costuming were excellent. Like there were actually moments in it where. I said, "Wow!" Oh, wow! Based on the effects, and really? that doesn't that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, like when they when they actually did the costume change. Sure. Um, and then when um, one of the characters was was literally frozen. That's, I I, so I, is, I haven't sailed uh, the wonder since oh, the, that show's amazing. been added. So oh yeah 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 really really good effects. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. What's your favorite onboard activity? What's your favorite thing to do on board? Rainforest spa. Nice. And finally, which of the ships is your favorite? fantasy awesome so yeah that's it uh thank you awesome. I, I really appreciate you coming on this was a lot of fun uh huh. i had some questions that i i really you know wanted to talk to you about and so it was fun to get your opinions on those so uh really appreciate you coming on awesome thanks for having me on with i appreciate the opportunity yeah absolutely if you've never been on a disney cruise or if you're uh if you're sailing in a, a new itinerary or visiting a port for the first time the unofficial guide to Disney Cruise Line should definitely be the first thing you go to if you're looking to uh, for help planning a trip. So um, it's a really awesome resource. And if you're a seasoned cruiser, there's still a ton of stuff that you can learn from the book as well. So I, uh, I highly recommend getting your hands on a copy. Uh, you can you can find it on Amazon. And uh, Len, where can people find you? Uh, so I am uh, Len at touringplans.com on email. I'm at Lentesta on Twitter, and our official Touring Plans account is at Touring Plans on Twitter, Instagram, and every other social media platform available. Awesome. Um, Again, Len, thanks so much. I really appreciate you coming on, and I hope you have a a great evening. Awesome. Thanks uh, thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Take care. (laughs) See you. All right. Bye. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dcldudepodcast. Please feel free to ask a question or leave a comment or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes uh, and leave me some feedback. And of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening. (music) 